0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is a Rich Eisen Best up. This is the Rich Eisen Show. All I do is win. I'm dodging the i on top of the game. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. And now, it's Rich Eisen. I'm thrilled to have him on this program, him being the, uh, the man who bought the National Wrestling Alliance, the oldest pro wrestling organization on planet Earth. His band, The Smashing Pumpkins' new album, "Seer" is available everywhere now. It's the 11th studio album of The Smashing Pumpkins. Billy Corgan here on The Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Billy?
1: I'm fine. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for coming on. What, what, uh, what what's What's on your sports radar screen these days, Billy?
1: Walk me through it. What do you got for Being me? Mean in general or yeah. what we're doing? Sorry, yeah. I didn't want to.
0: No, in general, but in general for for you, like your your rooting interest. Before we get into NWA, what's on your well, sports? Well, I'm Raiders a long
1: sport? suffering Cubs fan, and we're <laughs> back. We're back in the in the cellar for a while. It's it's brutal.
0: I'm so sorry, and you know it. it didn't help that that Rizzo, Baez, and uh, Chris right. Bryant homered. I think in each their first games with each team that they joined. Mm. It couldn't have been helpful.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, obviously you talk sports. I mean, my my complaint for years was after they won the World Series, they just they seemed to just pivot towards just trying to hit home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was obviously some sort of data driven thing because it was they you know they weren't even trying to hit against the shift guy. They were willing to let, have guys hit two forty but hit twenty six home runs, and it just destroyed the team. I mean, to me, you had really good hitters up there who just were just swinging for the fences all the time, and it seemed to destroy the culture of the team. I mean, I watched it happen. They they were blowing games they could have easily won they could they would they refused to play small ball they ran Madden out of town as if it was his fault and then they just they just continued it so I, I don't know that's that's my perspective as a fan watching it all sort of disintegrate in slow motion
0: by the way that's a fantastic perspective. <laughs> that's a very insightful perspective
1: Billy I, I, used to be, be- I used to be the Cubs correspondent for a local radio station so yeah was I did that for a couple years that was good fun but um yeah no I mean I I love the game and. Uh, but it's hard to watch. I mean, I'm speaking to anybody in general. I, right. I can't stand data analytics driven baseball. It drives me absolutely insane. It's counterintuitive to the way the game is played, um, and we, you know, for baseball fans, we know there's lots of games that are won more just on a play. It's you can't you can't statistic your way through winning. I just don't buy it.
0: Well, I mean, last year's World Series that was as front and center as possible when. Uh, when the Rays yanked Blake Snell right in the middle of a game six that he was dominating against the Dodgers. And then as sure as you could see it coming, that was the end of that because it was a third time through the order. And that's the way they do things in Tampa. Yeah. I I can't, I
1: just can't, I can't, I mean, I I, one, one at bat comes to mind. It was one of those playoff games where the Cubs had backed themselves in a corner against the Brewers. They blew it at the end of the season. It was a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. It was like the eighth inning. The Cubs were down by a couple of runs. Here comes Kyle Schwarber, who you know is definitely capable of being a contact hitter. Comes up against the shift, and what's he trying to do in the eighth inning? Trying to swing for a home run. It's like all he had to do was just poke one down the third baseline. We got a guy in base, tying run coming up to the plate. No, he's swinging, swinging, swinging right towards the shift. You just want to lose your mind.
0: Yes, yeah, so I, I can't stand the shift, Billy. I'll be honest with you. I think it's 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 making baseball worse. That I think that, and I understand that, you know, uh, managers should be able to you know, move people around as they see fit. But I I just, I don't know, man. I I just find that, you know, there was a a Ted Williams shift, you know, way back in the day. Mm -hmm. But to me, I I just think that they should put um, a shortstop and third baseman must be on the left side of second base as you're looking out from home plate. And a second baseman and first baseman has to be on the right side and can't be any further out uh, into the outfield than about five feet. You could make some sort of a line, imaginary line or something like that. And see how that works for a year, you know, like let's, I I would love nothing more. And I think you'd see a lot more base hits, more runners, more, more stolen bases, more movement like you're talking about, you know, I would see that.
1: Well, you look, you know, they, 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 what drives me insane is they, they keep trying to speed the game up and I get that, you know, there, there is a point when a game's too long, but what they try to do is they try to make baseball, not baseball. And when you, when you make it sort of not fun and it's, not, it's no longer about skill and sort of playing the game and you've just turned it into basically a living video game, I mean, kids are just going to play video games and they're going to watch that. Right. I mean, Anthony Rizzo, right, great hitter, uh, you know, watched him for many years with the uh, Cubs. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you the know, last couple of years they put the shift on him. So he's, you know, he's a natural pole hitter. So what's he going to do? He's either going to hit a home run, a double, or into the shift. Those are his choices. Or he's got to become a completely different hitter. So somebody hands him a piece of paper and says, well, you're better off to hitting the shift. So he, hit, he hits 230, you know? I mean, who wants to watch that?
0: Nobody. I agree with you. Um, is there any analytics in music? Uh, any, like you some, know,
1: it's some funny. Uh, quick uh, story. Sean Parker, you know, who was one of the original Napster guys and, and went on to be one of the founders of Facebook, mm-hmm. he pulled me aside one time at a party and he said, you know, I've developed this AI system that writes songs. It analyzes songs and can write basically emulate hit songs and then even recently somebody had taken all the nirvana songs computer analyzed them and did like the idealized nirvana song and they actually even had a band record it and release the song mm-hmm. and as i told sean Park, and as i tell anybody who hears that i just think that's the stupidest thing in the world you know, because, again, it's the X factor. It's like, you know, l- l- trust me, the music business doesn't want weirdos like me. But they, they can't, you can't invent me in a test tube. You know? <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> Why do you think the music industry doesn't want a weirdo like you, Billy Corgan? What do you mean by that? Because, you, cause,
1: because look, you know, every business is about margins and commoditization, right? And, and the music business is no different. Right. But if you look historically who the biggest stars are in the music business, they tend to be outlying personalities. Michael Jackson, Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain, you know, James Hetfield, whatever, you know, they tend to be slightly different, you know, maybe it's an ADD thing, maybe it's a brain chemistry problem, I don't know, but those are the people who tend to make the music that gets remembered, Mm -hmm. Um, and they they really want to try to machine-build those. I mean, look, Spotify not too long ago actually signed a record label that produces machine-made music, and the reason they did it is so when you're on your treadmill doing, you know, uh, you know your your spinning routine. You know your your routine to day, You know keep, keep your heart rate up. Mm-hmm. Some of those songs are spot are machine generated by Spotify, so they can make the money because they don't want to have to pay artists.
0: So uh, I am mandated to ask: How did the song that uh, that was AI created do when it was released? Did it?
1: The Nir- you mean the Nirvana one? Yeah, sure. It was kind of weird because it kind of sounds like Nirvana. You know, she kinda, it's kind of familiar, but then you listen, to it's like it doesn't make any sense because you know a good song is like telling a story. So it's like hearing. It's like if you took all the best finishes of a movie and edited them all together, it doesn't make any sense. And that's what the Nirvana song, the fake Nirvana song sounded like.
0: So then obviously just like the whole gut and feel that you were saying is uh, should be relied upon uh, in sports, certainly baseball. How do you rely on that as a songwriter, guitarist, singer, Billy Corgan? How do you rely on that?
1: How do you rely on your intuition? Yeah, your
0: gut and your feel about something
1: like that. Listen, when I I was a kid and I told people I wanted to be a musician, Mm -hmm. much less be a famous musician, everyone told me I was absolutely insane. Then when I became a famous musician, everyone still told me I was insane. I'd I just been proven right. <laughs> <laughs> so, that sounds like a lyric, by the way.
0: Thank Th- you. So, you're welcome. So write that is, down. Is, is,
1: you know, uh, someone once told me, you know, once you once you follow a delusion to the end of the rainbow and you're proven right, no one's ever going to tell you you're wrong again, no matter how crazy the delusion. <laughs> so I make decisions all the time, which make absolutely no sense to me, but they turn out to be you know, lucrative, not necessarily in the financial sense, but in the emotional or musical sense. So that's all I know how to do is just trust whatever says go left instead of right. And look, most musicians go right because it's comfortable. They get patted on the head and say, yeah, it sounds like Pink Floyd, therefore it's good. Um, outlying personalities, you know, tend to hit against the shift. You know, you just have to make those choices.
0: So how is your 11th studio album, Smashing Pumpkins, new album Sear, available everywhere now, uh, different than, than first? How how is, it, uh, how is it, how have you evolved, Billy Corgan? Uh,
1: you know, you know uh, machine work, not so much in, in how, uh, it's more how music is made. Everybody uses computers now. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to, you know, back in the old days, we recorded on tape. I'm sure you remember that those days. Sure. Um, and everybody uses computers now. So it's really changed the way young people write songs. And at first I was very resistant to it because I thought it was antithetical to the tradition that i have been raised in, which was more based on John Lennon and Bob Dylan and stuff like that. And then at some point I realized that the, the language had changed forever. It wasn't going to go back. And so I was, I was basically the guy on the corner with the saxophone saying what happened to the big bands, you know. Um, if you listen to most popular music these days, you don't hear a lot of guitar. You hear a lot of kind of bright, very shiny, loud music. And so I had to sort of adapt my brain and think, well, can I make music in this way? Or should I just, in essence, keep making music, which I admittedly think is kind of dated? And so I was just wrap my head around the way people are making music these days. So I was able to use technology in a way that was more intuitive and not, uh, you know, the machines don't write my music, but I do use the machines to help me do things I couldn't do, you know, otherwise.
0: Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corgan here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk wrestling. Why'd you buy? Why'd you buy the NWA? Why did you go do something like that? Years well, ago?
1: Um, I, I entered the business about ten years ago, mm-hmm. you know, kind of on a whim, and uh, and you know, it also fell in. I think MTV actually ran a piece when I entered professional wrestling. Called, it was I think was under the heading of "Signs of the Apocalypse," <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. Um, yeah, so so yeah, there was something about people's resistance to being professional wrestling that I kind of liked. I liked playing the contrarian in it. So. Um, I found myself working for a company a few years back, which is now called impact, but at the time was called TNA it was the second biggest company in the world. Uh, and I ended up working, you know, in this very, uh, almost like a Dallas setting with a, you know, the, the rich female owner who was like something out of a comic book and, uh, lots of intrigue. And I ended up trying to buy the company and they tried to screw me out of, a, I think it was, uh, 1.83 million dollars. And, wow. uh, and so in, in, in that I ended up leaving that company and, um, and then I, I sat on it for six months and I thought, I'm kind of done with wrestling. And then the opportunity came up to buy the N.W.A., which it, in you know for, in 1948 was the primary wrestling organization in the world. It's the oldest one in the world, 73 years and counting. And there was this opportunity to buy this historic uh, you know, promotion. And when I did, people ran articles. What did he buy? He bought absolutely nothing. What do three letters mean? Absolutely nothing. People thought I was insane. Uh, even the WWE thought it was so worthless they didn't want to buy it, even though it was you know, not that expensive, considering what, what the WWE is worth. And I've turned it around and, and brought it back to world prominence, and now we have Ric Flair coming into an NWA ring for the first time in about 30-something years. Um, just lots of fun stuff. It's, you know, and, and, and if anybody's a professional wrestling fan, I assume some of your listeners are, oh. um, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a golden age of wrestling right now. It's kind of a new renaissance. There's lots happening. I mean, CM Punk just came back after seven years. About broke the bank with social media and and attention, and that just even e s p n was running headlines about it so you know professional wrestling's here to stay it's a big business it's taken a long time to be seen as a as you know mainstream entertainment but obviously the success of the wwe being a billion dollar business proves that you know it's it's, it's best days are still to come
0: oh there's no question uh how popular wrestling is as a matter of fact my social media grandmaster here on the rich Eisen shows he likes to be called tj jefferson is a diehard i'll give you the floor tj i know you wanted to ask billy a question yeah i
2: mean okay. billy how you doing man I'm fine. Thank you. Good. You know, you and I, we have a few friends in common, a guy (laughs) named Tommy Lipnick and Josh Richmond, who I was just texting with a few minutes ago. So Josh said to tell you what's up, and he's got an 82-inch TV to watch football with. That's good. He said it's going to drive you up the wall. (laughs) <laughs> he's,
1: he's, he's, he's one of those people who talks to me about USC football And I think he might as well be speak, speaking Martian
2: <laughs> <laughs> Now Rich explained that you bought the NWA and why But Billy for me like I'm an old school wrestling fan Like right over my shoulder here I have the uh, red velvet version of the dome globe belt um, I actually met you at a Super Bowl party with Josh a few years ago And I showed you a picture of this belt So my question to you is when did your love of wrestling start when did it happen who who was what guys were your favorites as you were growing up and really getting into wrestling
1: well i started watching in the early 70s with my 80 year old Mm great-grandmother um and so i was watching i didn't of course didn't know i was watching you know legends you know uh uh the crusher uh dick the bruiser baron von Mm Raschke. you know um Vern Gagne, you know, I didn't know these guys were legends. They were just on my local Saturday morning television, and here I was, a little kid watching, just you know, these guys beat each other up, and I, it seemed like a strange alien world. So somehow, it stuck with me through all the years. And then in the late '90s, I kind of fell back in love with it when I started meeting guys behind the scenes. I met Stone Cold, um, Mick Foley, uh, The Rock. You know, really nice people behind the scenes, very friendly. They kind of explained to me what I was watching, and I, f- I found myself sort of intrigued by the business more so than even what was going on in the ring. and that started me on this crazy journey and 20 years later here I am <laughs> owning the NWA. And if you would have told me when I was a little kid, I'd own the NWA. I would tell you, you were insane.
2: Well, someone who's a huge wrestling fan, Billy, I just want to say thank you for doing that because you know, a lot of times wrestling fans like to argue this company better than this company, that company is better than that company. But if you're a true wrestling fan, all you want is for all these organizations to succeed and, and put out a good products. And I think that's where we're at right now. Now, you may have just broken some news that I don't think has really been out there. Ric Flair did ask for his release from WWE. He showed up at a AAA show in Mexico, and now you just said that Ric Flair will be showing up on NWA. He'll
1: be at our our, uh, NWA 73 show. Um, You can watch it on Fight, which is a digital platform. Mm -hmm. It's on pay-per-view. Yeah, Rick will be there. Um, and, and, and he's going to come to the a... ring and, and, and address the fans, which is amazing because he literally hasn't been in an NWA ring. I mean, you can argue about because he was obviously in Crockett and WCW, mm-hmm. so you pick your year when Rick left the NWA, but it's been a good 30-something year. Yeah,
2: like 85, 86, 87, yeah. somewhere in there. And, so. and
1: obviously Rick's the greatest NWA champion of all time. Mm-hmm. And as somebody said recently, you know, um, you know, as far as that guard that we grew up on with Dusty and Harley uh, race, um... You know, Rick's—you know—Rick's that other guy in Mount Rushmore that, that we all look up to, and so to have him uh, coming in to, to help us with our show is is really a great honor, and I think it's going to be really exciting. And we're and we're wrestling at the Chase in St. Louis, mm-hmm. um, which hasn't had wrestling in the building for 37 years, so it's a historic night all the way around.
0: Yeah, two big pay-per-views this weekend, including the All Women's Pay-per-view Empower. Did I say that right? Because there's three R's at the you, you end. You got to kind of
1: roll your R. Okay, sorry. R's.
0: Let me let me do that again. <laughs> Pardon me, Billy. I got to get into the roll here. Let me do that again. Wrestling at the Chase is returning after 37 years with two big pay per views this weekend, including all the women's pay, the all women's pay per view, Empower. Is that it? (laughs) Yeah. I got the I got the pro read
1: there. Thank you. Oh please.
0: I only know one speed. Uh, (laughs) That's Saturday, August 28th, and then the big one, NWA 73, commemorating NWA's 73rd anniversary, Sunday, August 29th. Both on Fight TV and Ric Flair's back in.
2: The fold. I think we broke news here on the Rich oh, Eisen did Thank man. you very much, Thank Billy. You, Billy
0: Gordon. We appreciate the time. Let's do this again. Uh, I um, will we'll, we'll, um, we'll have you on anytime you want to chop it up about anything. I really enjoyed this conversation. I,
1: I, whenever you want to talk about baseball's insanity, I'm happy to be your
0: well. You're, you're, how about this one? Your cudgel. You want to? You know what? The, the one thing that I'm railing against right now, Billy, is the uh, fact that baseball does not require their umpires to explain to the crowd what they're reviewing. And why they came out of review with the result that they came out? They just use pantomime, safe out. You have no idea if what they've just seen, and it's infuriating to me. It's just but, but
1: isn't I, being mad at the ump's just part of the game.
0: I guess so. <laughs> uh, it is my. It's just I guess a more high tech way of screaming, "You suck, blue." You know, <laughs> but um, I'd like to feel like I'm a little bit better than that. I do love the sport. I, I honestly like it is my first love. I talk NFL for a living on NFL Network now for 19 years, but it is my first love, so you and I can uh, absolutely uh, bond on that, and I appreciate the call. Appreciate Do you have, it.
1: you have five seconds for a quick you. Uh, six degrees of separation a million between percent. you and I?
0: Oh, Billy Corgan? Okay. A, oh, oh, yes.
1: Go when, for it. When the NFL Network started, they came to me and they wanted to use my song today for the first promo ad. Okay. Yeah.
0: And what happened?
1: I think I said no. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it wound <laughs> up with
0: dear Mister Fantasy from Traffic?
1: Yes. Yes. I I had no idea. Wow. Yeah, it was originally supposed to be today. I believe. I believe. Uh I don't know how blue you can work on your network here. Yeah, uh, I, I, I believe they uh, they they lowballed me. The NFL Network, and and I remember thinking, I think they got money. I think they could pay a little bit more. So,
0: so you, <laughs> I you said no. Okay, in in, in the most uh, polite manner in which you're telling that story. So, because that that was one of the greatest commercial campaigns I've ever been fortunate to uh, to be featured in is the campaign of, being rich doesn't suck uh, was the tagline, and the dear Mr. Fantasy was the soundtrack. You're saying the first choice was your song and you said no
1: because yes this- and when i saw the ad and i saw how well it was done of course i was regretful because i thought it was a great ad <laughs> um that's why i remember it so clearly because it was one of those kind of you know i could have been in gone with the wind i could have been I, my song could have been in the original nfl network commercial and-
0: <laughs> i appreciate you equating those two pop culture iconic moments Absolutely. my commercial and uh, gone <laughs> with the wind uh, billy i think that's that's appropriate so thank you i appreciate it all right thank, thank you thank you brother that's
2: Get out of here!
0: How about that? Wow!
2: Today that would have been a good. That's. I is mean, that's. I mean, that's a fan. That was fantastic song for that.
0: And the NFL's like uh, uh lowballing wow. a little bit, you know. They got some. So scratch. Steve Winwood mm-hmm. has low standards. Is that what he, <laughs> is that what he just told me?
2: Wow! I don't know. That would have been. That, that's a great song, man. So. That's ins. That's actually very. Or did they hit the number for Steve
0: Winwood mm-hmm. in traffic? The Dear Mr. Fantasy Fantasy. commercial. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's. Dude. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets in store And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is a Rich Eisen best up. He is one of the top players in the National Football League. As a matter of fact, he's made the top 10 on the top 100 NFL list and NFL Network and that gets revealed coming up this weekend played in the Super Bowl last year won it two years ago and uh despite all of his excellence on the field and off the field as a community man uh he lights up the internet because he decides to shave his face it's insane the world that this man lives but we always appreciate when Travis Kelsey calls into the rich eyes at Joe how are you Travis?
3: Fellas, how are we doing today, guys? It's a it's a beautiful day out here in Kansas City. Got a nice clean shaped face so oh. the sun.
0: <laughs> really? You're not growing it, you're not growing it back? Like you're not you're you're not starting from you're not you you're starting from scratch well, and, every day? Like literally?
3: You know what really? it, after that picture I realized, you know what? I need to really embrace who I am. And uh, looking at myself in the mirror really motivates me to, you know, what I mean, keep doing the right things in life. <laughs> um, going to work, pl- playing hard, yeah. being selfless, you yeah. know, right. That's what that's what it's all about, man.
0: But what a pain in the ass it is to do that every day if you don't have to. I mean, right? It's maintenance.
3: <laughs> no, oh, man. To be honest, right now I'm just torturing my girlfriend because she's she's not a fan of just the the shave face, <laughs> oh. the baby face. Oh my so it's it's kind of it's kind of poking poking the bear right now it's just having fun
0: Travis it's not even popular at home too you're getting it on twitter no. you're getting it, really it's not even Yeah
3: po- no I'm getting uppercuts and just left hooks from from everybody that's good though it's good fun it's mm. good fun and I'm enjoying every bit of it
0: Dude seriously what's it like when you're you 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 look at your phone and people are like what the hell just happened and you're like, walk me through the process of how it led to you defacing your own selfie and using it as your avatar. Walk me through that process, please, Travis Kelsey. <laughs>
3: Give me uh, that one. Well, I, I-, I couldn't even tell you, man. I just jumped on social media, and after uh, after a hard training camp day, I mean, like, I feel like it was about 110 degrees outside, and I, <laughs> I'm going to grab lunch, and I just so happened to throw twitter uh, or throw twitter on the phone and I just yeah. started scrolling and I was like man a lot of people are talking about this <laughs> terrible picture I just I wonder uh wonder how this is going to go over yeah and and sure enough like within the, the within the next like 2 days i mean every single espn nfl you name it shade room every every single social media outlet had wrote something just hilarious just and I, I I was just, I was in a frenzy, man. I, I was caught in the wash. And, you know, all you can do at that point is just laugh it off, man. Yeah. And just, you know, learn to live. You know, and fight another day.
0: And then deface your selfie and own it. That's what you need to yeah. do.
3: No, they just, that's the thing. that was also the other part, man. You know what I mean? Just own it, man. Yeah. Just own it.
0: Because you know we you did the you same. Can't
3: fight it. We it, did it. Once you fight it, yeah. Social media is just going to turn it up a whole other level. Well, you know?
0: you know we did it too. We defaced our. We we drew we drew beards on ourselves. That's still up on our YouTube page. That's still up on exactly. our YouTube and header.
3: That's that's how you bring a community together, right? Now. <laughs> and, and that's why I love you guys. Man. That's, yeah. why that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm on the Rich Eisen show.
0: Page. Oh man, Travis Kelsey here on the Rich Eisen show. And one other thing, that I kind of want to hit with you. I, I don't know if I. Heard this or not? I think I heard this. Is it true your your name isn't really pronounced Kelsey? It's Kels, and somebody calls it Kelsey. Is that true? Did I hear that?
3: Travis, I mean, so there is it? truth to it. Yes, there what is. The? There is a lot of truth to it. So at the there was a I was on a Taylor Lewan's podcast. Yes absolutely butchered his last name mm-hmm. and i've known him for years i felt like an idiot when i when i said lee Wan, yes and uh, he called <laughs> me out on it and i was just like man you know what people have been saying my name wrong the whole time too and there is some truth to it everybody on my father's side has said kelse my entire life um but my father growing up just kind of got lazy and didn't really want to keep uh correcting everybody that was calling him kelsey uh-huh. So he just went along with Kelsey. So I, my father worked at work from home, uh, and answered the phone calls every single time somebody would call. It yeah, hello, Ed Kelsey. So I mean, my name is Kelsey. Kelsey. I'm rolling with what my dad says, what my brother says. Okay. Um, shout out to all the Kelses that are in the family tree. I hope I'm not. We're not pissing you off. But, so uh, it's really time, a, sure.
0: it's a silent e on your family tree. So it's the family Tru is basically what you're uh, saying, the Kels family Tru, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah because I'm trying yeah. I don't even uh, know uh,
3: you can keep calling me Travis Kelsey okay because so, it's good because yeah. with your w- with what Papa Kelsey turned it into
0: after hearing this on on, uh, on Taylor's podcast the busing with the boys I, I got to mention oh by the way you gotta, you gotta, you, well, you gotta mention Compton too, right? I mean, because he Got gets, you. he gets really That's pissed. That's a right there. Uh, he gets really pissed, and I'm, and I kind of like always <laughs> like forgetting him. I like, I like leaving him off. Like, yeah, it's 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 Taylor Lewand's podcast. Because once I, by the way, and, and after hearing that and then seeing you shave, I, I've thought I don't even know who the hell Travis Kelsey is anymore. You know, like my whole world is off its axis. I didn't even know what the yeah. hell was going on right
3: there. Yeah, I'm walking around Kansas City just blending in with the trees. <laughs> Nobody even knows. <laughs> it's like, who's that tall guy with the shaved face? With the
0: shaved face.
3: He looks familiar, but I can't pick it out.
0: Yeah. Where do you think, uh, Travis Kelsey here on The Rich Eyes? Where do you think you're going to be on the top ten list? What do you got? One? Let's say it. Come on.
3: What do you think? I'm just, I'm just you know, I'm, I'm very honored to even, you know, be uh, recognized within the top ten. I mean, on the hundred. it's, It's such a... It's such a team-driven sport, Rich. Uh, you know, a lot of the individual <laughs> accolades—you know—they're cool Guys. at the end of the day, yes. and, and when you're everything's said and done. But as, what's yeah. real is that you know I'm not the same player without a guy named Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek mm. Hill and Coach Andy Reid. So, you know, it's just uh, it's it's me thanking everybody, you know, for for doing their job and help making my life so easy on the football field and help making this team better.
0: Now let's let's just though Really, just act like it's just the two of us talking here, and there's nobody else listening. Even despite the fact it's an international audience. But let's just say, what would it mean if you wound up higher on the list than Mahomes? Though, how great would that be?
3: Oh my God! (laughs) How great? I I don't know if I would ever let him live that day. (laughs) I I would just tell him, "You need me every day." I'm like, "You need me."
0: Honestly, how amazing (laughs) would that be if it winds up? Oh,
3: my uh, gosh. I might even go on Twitter and say this list is just bananas. (laughs) This list is ridiculous. I'm sick of seeing guys just placed anywhere on Sure.
0: Oh, that would be wonderful, though. It would be rich. Would would it not be? I would just—I am so rooting for you on that front. That would be great. I would just be—my eyes peeled on— on this weekend, and just hope I hear Mahomes' name before Kelsey. That would be amazing. And um, <laughs> my son did choose you uh, fifth overall in his fantasy draft. My ten-year-old, uh, yes, and we he because he, he he came up uh, last year because uh, he likes having puns for his fantasy team names and things like that. Like Tell It to the Judge yeah. is his fantasy baseball because he's got Aaron Judge on it. So the name Very of his good. team, his name of the team. You ready for this, Travis? Ready?
3: I'm waiting on it.
0: To Kelsey for comfort. That's the name of his team.
3: <laughs>
0: two Kelsey.
3: Two Kelsey for Comfort.
0: Yeah. I like
3: that. That's pretty clever. There you go. That's pretty clever. Yeah,
0: his dad came That's up with it. He, he had like no I idea. He had no idea. He work with that one. That's, see, he, my, I came up with it. He really didn't know. He, he doesn't remember what Too Close for Comfort is or anything like that, but he loves it. <laughs> He's fired up, man. So you're not just playing for the Chiefs. You're playing for Two Kelsey for Comfort. I just want you to be I'll aware you, of you, that.
3: You get a good name, you're in it. It's just how fantasy football works. Here we if go. If you got a bad name, you might as well just not even look every single week.
0: Okay, I've got a couple of football questions for you, Travis Kelsey. Here yeah, they here, here they come. Here they come. Here's the first one. <laughs> um, uh, how in the world do you improve on anything? It just seems that you know. I understand last year um, we didn't finish up with the you picking confetti out of your hair, but it just seems to be so terrific, and everybody seems to be getting better. I mean, honestly, what 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 is it like to be pushing the same rock up the same hill and hoping to get a, a one different result uh, on the on the win loss? Yeah. What's that like, Travis Kelsey?
3: Well, one thing one thing about football is that you're nonstop. You can always find something to get better at. It's just there's never you never have seen all the reps that you're going to see out on the football field. It all it always plays out differently. Um, even when you think you got something schemed up and everything, it just plays out always just a little bit different. So building the instincts to always have something in your back pocket uh, to, to, to refer to or just to, you know, have instinctual uh, visualizations and stuff like that. I'm always trying to find other ways to, to win my routes or to make the block, uh, things like that. So that's always, you know, taking me to the next level or trying to get me over the hump to the next level. Um, in every as- aspect of the game, but I think Coach Reed does an unbelievable job every single year, year in, year out of creating a playbook uh, that we can grow in. So it's not the same stuff that we've been we've been p- throwing out there so we can get schemed up and it makes our job harder. It's actually um, he's putting in new stuff. He's putting in things that are, you know, gonna make our jobs that much easier out there on the field and put us in a position to have success. And when we rep all these all these plays in practice, we find ways, uh, to have success versus various coverages. And I think that's where I really grow every single year is within this offense and uh, going out there and just trying to make the best play for the, for the team, man.
0: What's it like to get one of those new plays from Reed? Have you had one of those moments like, where the hell? Oh, man. Oh, and, and obviously, you know, uh, Eric Bieniemy and it's a staff um, contribution. But when you get one of them, and d- it, have you had moments like, wow, I didn't think of that? Like, wh- how do they think of, of that? Do you, um, do you have that stuff or no? Not really.
3: No, we definitely we got some wacky stuff in the in the in the playbook now. I mean, we got some gadget stuff that you wouldn't even think would be on a football field. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's 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 fun, man. I, I tell everybody all the time, man. Wednesdays might be my second favorite day of the week outside of Sundays or play or game day because Wednesday, Wednesdays that that Wednesday install is that base game plan. The the majority of the plays that you're going to get. And it's just exciting to hear Coach Reed, you know, explain what how we're going to attack this team, and, uh, and 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 with what parts and with what routes and what run plays and stuff like that. Um, it's just it, it it's exciting for me. And I, I mean, I, I I feel like with with Mahomes, it expanded even more. So four, three, four years ago, whenever Pat got here, um, everything started to expand. And even even Alex's last year, it started to expand downfield with the players that we had with Tyreek Hill and all the speed we had, it's just been a, a whole lot of fun. Just, you know, hearing coach Reed get excited about a play call and then finally getting it called in the game and it going for six, man. It's just, a it's, it's, it's a time warp that I love being in man.
0: No. And, and, and the question, you know, you bring up Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes two minutes left here with Travis Kelsey on the rich Eisen show. And I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to ask the question and this is not at all in any way, shape or form to see if Alex Smith shouldn't have started that whole first season as Mahomes was just drafted at all, okay? And that's my front load of this thing because I'm asking this question merely because we're seeing Nagy, Matt Nagy, who was on the staff that year, now in Chicago, trying to replicate something where he's got a new jewel, right, that he just traded up to go get in the first round, just like the Chiefs did with Mahomes. Do you think Mahomes needed that time to become the Mahomes he is today? Travis, best you can tell, having a front row seat for all of that. What do you think?
3: I'm a little biased. I'm a little biased. That's a great question. I'm, I'm a Thank little you. biased in, in who Patrick Mahomes is. Um, I think I saw it from the get-go, his determination, his his ability to uh, see see coverages early, feel confident in what he's seen, be able to throw a good ball. Um, and then, obviously, his, his ability to make plays when the play breaks down. It's just... it's It's second to no one that i've ever played with or ever seen on the field so i'm a a little biased when i say i don't think he needed that year but i do think that it helped him be ready for the next season more than anything without a doubt him him understanding uh alex's his his professionalism just how to be a pro um it's reassuring It, it it gives you that confidence that okay i know how to do this this is a guy who's had success in the league for numerous years almost a decade now, and this, and, and this, he does it like this. I can see how he has success and turn it into my own madness and my own psychic, and 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 I think that really helped him. But at the same time, when you're talking about need it, I don't know, man. Patrick Mahomes got something about him that I think uh, he'll, he was going to find a way. Um, it might not have been early, mm. as, as fast as uh, the 50 touchdowns his first season starting, or Pretty. 55 touchdowns his first season starting. It might not have been something like that. Um, but it would. I think he would have still had or found success under uh, Coach Reed.
0: What about like huddle be, command? Just, what about huddle command and having the play call and knowing it and being able to deliver it in a manner in the huddle that that uh, communicated rather than just yeah, memorizing it are, and spitting it out and stuff like that. All
3: things, yeah. Those are all things that first year quarterbacks and first year, you know, what I mean, players all struggle with. Getting in and out of the huddle, being confident with what they're seeing, what they know, right. uh, their progression and stuff like that. Um, I think it definitely helped him. Like I said, it definitely helped him. Um, but Pat was always pretty good, uh, just in terms of being uh, being on top of the play calling. Um, and understanding where he needs to go versus what coverages and stuff like
0: that. Well, uh, Travis, always appreciate the time. Congratulations in advance on being the you know, inaugural member of 2Kelsey for Comfort. Um, I hope you ball out. Love
3: listening to you guys.
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate that. You're okay. the best, Travis Kelsey. You bet. Let's chat down the line. That's the one and only Travis Kelsey right here on The Rich Eisenhower Show.
1: Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc,
0: This is a Rich Eisen best up. We just had Travis Kelsey on, and I talked to him about the top 10 mm-hmm. list that tops the top 100 players of 2021 list that the NFL network has been counting down as voted by peers. Mm-hmm. And we're now down to the final 10. It's the reveal of the top 10 players of 2021 as voted by the peers on NFL network and the final 10 in alphabetical order as Instagrammed out by my colleagues at NFL network, mm-hmm. Devonte Adams of the Packers, Josh Allen of the bills has made it into the top 10. Uh, Tom Brady I've heard of him yeah Uh, Aaron Donald (laughs) Derek Henry whose photograph they chose because it is just a I mean just honestly the guy looks at you and he he, he's like (laughs) I'll give him 2,000 yards for the look (laughs) he's got the 2,000 yard stare yeah you don't want right um DeAndre Hopkins Travis Kelsey and Mahomes interestingly enough Kelsey's first before Mahomes
2: Alphabetically. Right there, alphabetically, yeah, okay, and I
0: just was having fun with them. Just what? What if Mahomes comes before Kelsey on this list? <laughs> just that you hear him named, and Kelsey's the first is the last chief in. That would be amazing. Unlikely. Aaron Rodgers and T.J. Watt. Those are the ten remaining. So T.J. Watt has made it into the top ten, as has Josh. Dar- a Josh Allen, man. And with Kelsey. I can't mean, Kelsey, what he has made of himself, what has done, man. like I just mentioned, this new re-emphasis or emphasis on taunting. Back in the day when Kelsey was a young pup coming out of Cincinnati, this is this emphasis was for folks like him. And he just he is just a whole different ball of wax. A raw talent now, a top talent, top 10 talent, and on a Hall of Fame trajectory in the pro football. Hall of Fame trajectory in the National Football League. Incredible.
2: You said, why don't I? Uh, yeah, just since we I'll kn- do it. We know who the 10 are. Let's I have written sure, it or... down.
0: I've created my, this is how I see the top 10 players being based on all that. Thank you for the musical accompaniment, sir. Gets me in the mood. Number 10 uh, on my list is going to be TJ Watt. Okay. I'm going to put the Steeler right there. I'm going to say to TJ um, that he deserves to be top 10. He's just going to be number 10 on my list, and I would look forward to him being a defensive player of the year and being even higher than 10th on the list. He's new to this list, you know, 10th uh, overall. Uh, I'll give him that. Thank you very much. And then uh, with uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Mahomes on this list, I'm going to put Josh Allen here. Again, this is is the first. I mean, what he did last year was incredible. Uh, He was... on one of my fantasy teams it was an absolute pleasure and delight i can only imagine what fans in western new york think and feel about him and as i said last year he's coming for your soul (laughs) he is coming for your soul and when he rolls out of the pocket he's like the mandalorian quarterback he is on a mission and he is the one and he is terrific but again we only saw it from him once last year let's see what he can do this year now we're coming down to who is the best at your position. Okay. Because there's a couple of receivers. There's a handful of more uh, of um, quarterbacks okay. remaining. Yeah. And um, so I am going to say Devontae Adams goes here.
2: Number eight.
0: Okay. Number eight overall. And, you know, he makes the case that he's the best receiver in the league. And you could absolutely believe that. Yeah. But I'm going to just make this part of the pecking order that he is the second best receiver in the top 10 and he's the third best pass catcher because as we said after talking to Travis Kelsey when you call a tight end a pass catcher that means he can catch more and amass more yards than wide receivers which is what he did last year and this is where I'm putting Travis Kelsey seventh on the list on my top 10 for the top 100 players of 2021 i'm putting kilotrav 87 number seven on this list and as much as i'd love to hear mahomes's name before (laughs) his on nfl network on saturday i don't believe that's going to be the case even he pointed out that would be bananas we'll put him right there at number seven and then number six again i i just think his abilities at this position makes him number one and Devontae Adams has every reason to bang the table and pound his chest to say he's the best receiver in the league. I could totally agree with that, but I'll just um, agree to disagree in this case. And it's DeAndre Hopkins. The guy is unbelievable. And we are showing him grabbing and bringing down the Hail Murray right now. Yeah. Those are three defenders around him. And he's his hands are vice-like. Yeah. His catch radius is pterodactyl like his feet are ballet nimble i i, I will never see somebody toe tap towards the boundary and not worry for a split second that both feet are in it's every time
2: yeah it's a shock when it doesn't so he's number six. It was a better catch by eye, as he said. That's
0: right. Better back catch by eye. <laughs> now, here's your top five. Top five. Let's go, So, he, So I, I now have three quarterbacks, a running back, and a grown-ass man on the <laughs> defensive line. And I'm going to go with Tom Brady number five right okay. here, in case you think I'm biased. Being a Michigan man and TB12 is basically my guy, and he's my guy of... The three guys I'm looking at over there. My son Cooper has now joined the crew with my Coop. cousins. I mean, his cousins uh, Sam and Jack, my nephews, um, here for Zan's bar mitzvah this weekend. Shout out! Um, I'll put TB12 right here, fifth overall. Okay. He is the goat. He is the greatest of all time. But I'm talking about players um, in the National Football League right now, and he is a worthy top five guy. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the mvp of last year above him and then the mvp of the year before that um or two years before that above him right here with all due respect i say that second because i truly mean it if you put it first you don't really yeah but you you mean right number four is the guy who's stealing souls and um i'm 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 I think he's the best running back in the league. I think he's one of the best running backs we'll see of all time when it's all said and done. And he's Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans. He's number four. Just look at him. I mean, just every time you see him run the ball, it's just like, oh my, and, and the shot we have on the screen right here is a huge hole. I cannot imagine you're a, run, a linebacker with him coming through a huge hole. It's just like, oh, oh sh- no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no,
2: no, no,
0: no. He's the MVP of the Tennessee Titans. He is the guy that could be the MVP this year, I think with a 17th regular season game where we might see Eric Dickerson's record go down and then we'll argue about asterisks and things like that. He's number four on my list. Number three on my list is last year's MVP. I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. So the first Aaron off the board in the top five is Rodgers, your MVP of the league. And then I'll just... Banging out right here, number two. Number two is, Who is it? Rich. Aaron Donald. Ooh. Okay, number two. I mean, I, I stop stopping the run on the way to the quarterback is what Warren Warren Sapp always told me is what you need to do from the middle of the of the line. Stop the run on the way to the quarterback, and sometimes Aaron Donald stops both, which is the running back who's attempting to chip him or block him, God <laughs> forbid, for that running back, uh-huh. and then the quarterback. I mean, you've seen him tackle both. You've seen that. He's amazing. He is truly one of the best of all time. He's a genetic freak. And he's going to yeah. look great in a gold jacket. And I choose him number two overall because number one for me is Patrick Mahomes.
2: Yeah.
0: He's an incredibly special talent. This just in. This, as Berman would say, this just in. <laughs> uh, I go with Patrick Mahomes number Showtime. one overall. And everybody can argue That's what a list like this is for. Mm -hmm. But that's my list. TJ Watt, Josh Allen, Devontae Adams, 1098, Travis Kelsey, D Hop, Tom Brady, 765, then Derrick Henry, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Donald, Patrick Mahomes, number one
2: for me. That's a solid list. And I mean, mean, legitimately solid, not like the solid that we sometimes use in the Yes, you know, I I consider
0: the word solid an unsatisfactory adjective. For excellent, but that in is not. The, yeah, that but is, I'm not that is a downgrade. Shots. I'm but saying this is a it. solid
2: list. You know, this is. But
0: again, I tell you, when when people say to me, "Hey, Rich, that was solid." That's nah, when you good. do someone a solid mm-hmm. is much better than, "Hey, man, that was solid." Solid to me is <laughs> not. It's not an adjective. It is not a word for excellent. Well, I wouldn't
2: say it's a good Super- list. I, I just, okay. you know, it's a. I I, I I dig your list. I guess. You okay. Know. Yeah. I got no issues. What, with what this. would you What would you change? I mean, look,
0: I don't know that. And would you put Adams over D Hop?
2: That may be the only place that I switch okay. them up. But other than that, I think you pretty much you hit it. And like, look, would you man, put Adams above Kelsey? I I probably. That's a tough one. That when you gave okay. those two. I, I think I might have to go Devontae over Travis. Okay, but, but by by the slightest of margins, would the- you
0: put would you put Rogers and Mahomes over Brady? I would. Okay. Would you put uh, Aaron Donald above Aaron Rodgers? I believe that is yeah. the move. Okay. Yeah. Would you? Who is your number one? Is it Mahomes?
2: I think you have to have Mahomes number one on this list. So, yeah, I think you did a great job with it. See, that's why you couldn't go. you have led with yeah, that and said that's solid. solid. But I so you, but, dude, but see, I think you did a great job with it is
0: much <laughs> yeah exactly. more complimentary than but saying I told that's you, a solid list. Solid but list. I
2: told you I said I'm using solid as a real compliment not the way we generally tend no, to No, I know use that's solid, what you said. Solid. I appreciate that sort of caveat. <laughs> yeah. So, I just wanted to let you know that.
0: And you did not say with all due respect in leading into it. I with all not. due respect, that's a solid list is truly
2: fighting <laughs> words for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I dig I dig your list and um Thank you. It's going to be. DJ, that was a solid analysis of Rich's list. Thank you. <laughs> that
0: is Thanks, way. And that's a solid one shot of you. That's thought, a solid a single idea. shot of you, dude. Look, <laughs> it's my Garoppolo. So, so silly, Garoppolo. Garoppolo. <laughs> so very silly.